Exodus 34. So we are on the heels of a really devastating moment in the history of God's people in the desert when they made a golden calf and worshipped it because Moses went up on a mountain for 40 days. And that was a, a tragic time in history. And as we'll see here, there's still consequences to that. Uh, although they're moving forward now and God still has a plan for Israel, he seems to be frustrated. He seems to be discouraged or disappointed in how how he's seen, how the people honor him. Um, when they're challenged, they seem to go back to worshiping idols. But God says in verse 33, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and saying to your descendants, I will give it, I will send an angel before you, and I'll drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, because you are an obstinate people, and I might destroy you on the way. It's interesting, even looking back at verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses and says, Go up from here, you and the people whom you brought out. <laughs> you know, as as though Moses brought him out, like God's just displeased at this time. And he's saying, listen, I still had this plan for you to go to the promised land. You you guys go ahead, but I'm not I'm not going with you. Um, who knows? I may choose to start over like I did with Noah. Um, because right now, um, you know, it, it appears God's frustrated with his people. You know, a lot of times people will want to try to, I don't know, like talk around these things or make it sound like God doesn't have feelings or emotions or he doesn't get frustrated with his people or whatever. I just take God at his word and what his word says, I just take in. I don't have to change it or, or try to rework it in any way. Uh, this is what it says. So when the people heard this sad word, and, you know, I'm glad that they were sad. I'm glad that they were like, this is bad. You know, God doesn't want to go with us. They went into mourning. And you know what? That's the right thing, too. And none of them put on his ornaments. And that was good, too. They they began to have repentance. And after the golden calf incident, we see here the people responding in a right way, in an honorable way. Uh, they want God to go with them. They're in mourning. They don't put on their ornaments. They're... They're showing a sign of repentance. And you know what? God God honors that. Even when we've messed up, man, when we acknowledge that we have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we repent, and God sees, God knows, and he's honored in that. That should be for us today. You know, no matter what we've done in our past, we should always turn to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I, I, I made those mistakes and I live that way. And, and know that when we're genuine about that, uh, God, God is pleased. And I, you know, I think there's things that we need to move on from and know that the Lord's forgive us from, but that doesn't make them right. I think we can live our lives always knowing, Hey, you know what? I, I, I let the Lord down there. I made a mistake there. That wasn't right. And, and just be thankful for his mercy and grace. Um, but I always know we did make mistakes, and, and, and these people did too, but acknowledging them is good and right. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the sons of Israel, You are an obstinate people. Should I go up in your midst for one moment? I would, dis 
For if I would go up in your midst for one moment, I would destroy you. Now therefore put off your ornaments from you, that I may know that I shall, what I shall do with you. So the sons of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside a camp, a good distance from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Now, what's important to know, this is not the tabernacle. The tabernacle, Moses got the instructions for that. He came down from the mountain there worshiping a golden calf. They haven't even begun getting everything together to make the tabernacle yet. This is a, a different tent of meeting that Moses had prior to the official tabernacle being erected. And it's a place where God, some of the things that he does at a tabernacle later, he does in this tent of meeting that Moses has now, more of a temporary tabernacle just for Moses to meet with God outside of the camp. And Moses would go out there and everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent that all the people would arise and stand, each at the entrance of his tent, and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. It appears Joshua is being groomed and even got to be a part of this tent of meeting. A lot's not said about it, and it's kind of hard to discern, but it does appear that Joshua is being groomed for the next level of leadership. If you were to take a look at Exodus 24, 13, where we were, you know, a week or so ago, I'm going to turn back there. You'll see that emphasis again, probably hear these pages. 24, 13 says, So Moses arose with Joshua, his servant, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. So it appears at times Joshua got to have greater proximity than anybody else. And one day he is going to take over as leader. So it's good and right to have him get prepared. Verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you also found favor in my sight. He's pleading with God here. Now, therefore, <clears throat> Moses says, I pray you, if you have found, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways so that I may know you so that I might find favor in your sight. It's interesting to see Moses' relationship with God grow. Uh, and even just the confidence and ability to have a relationship with God and to be able to communicate with him the way that he's communicating, it's very interesting. You, interesting. you can see that they've grown closer, and Moses feels a little bit more latitude perhaps to speak to God um, and he's reminding God and desiring that God would continue to give him favor and then he says this you know after the way this chapter started off where God's like these people you brought up out of Egypt listen to what Moses says consider too 
that this nation is your people. <laughs> and he said, my presence shall go with you. So this is God now speaking, capital he, and he said. And God responds. You know, it's like when Moses pleads with God, God responds. Um, it's really quite remarkable. You know, and I think you could look at this as like, you know, your prayer. Like God hears your prayer. Now, is he always going to answer it the way you want? No, but he hears. And you know what? When someone comes before him humbly and his child comes with the desires of their heart, God hears. And, you know, be patient. Keep asking. Uh, there's some things I'm asking for. And I'm trusting and believing that God's going to see those things through. Hallelujah. 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 And he said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. So God is now saying, okay, I'm going to go with you. Then he said to them, if your pre Moses, this is now, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. I don't even want to go without you, God. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we and I, your people, may be distinguished from all other people who are on the face of the earth? God, we don't want to go if it's without you. And what a what a great and honorable thing. Uh, I'm sure that was music to the ears of God, that God, we don't even want to go anywhere unless you go with us. We need you, Lord. And that kind of longing and humility before God and desire to not be a part of his, apart from his will, but in his will, you know, that honors him. It shows that we value him, that we care about him. And may that be us in our lives, that God, I don't want to move forward on my own. I want to go with you. Lord, help me to be in your will. Go before me. Go with me, God. Give me your favor and help me to be humble and to honor you. The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Isn't that awesome? So with Moses pleading with God like this and saying he doesn't want to go unless God goes with him, once again, God has given Moses favor. and Man, we, we need to be like Moses here. Lord, we need you. Oh, Lord, go before us. Go before our family. Oh, Lord, turn everyone towards you. May we not walk ahead or behind, God, but may we keep in step with your Holy Spirit. Then Moses said, I pray you show me your glory. Wow, what a, <clears throat> the relationship that Moses is growing in with God. Isn't that amazing? I pray you show me your glory. And God said, he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. <clears throat> that, by the way, is brought into the New Testament. I believe in <clears throat> yeah, Romans uh, 9.15, God will show mercy on whom he wants to show mercy and compassion on whom he shows compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock. And it will come about, while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. What an interesting moment. So. Moses has gotten such close proximity with God, and he's seen the power of God. He's had conversation with God. 
He's been right in the midst of God. He's even seen the back of God, but he has not seen the face of God. Um, you know, I love how we've seen the relationship of Moses, you know, from the burning bush all the way to now. And it seems like their relationship has grown closer, more intimate, the way that Moses is able even to speak to God. And he honors God and he reveres God and he wants God to, to be with him and help him. And he doesn't want to go without the Lord. And he wants to see him and he wants to be near to him. I think there's some lessons in there for us. May our relationship and intimacy with God grow. May our prayer life grow. And God responds to this kind of longing in mankind when they want to be with God and want don't want to go ahead or behind Him. God's pleased. And may we be like Moses. May we draw near to God and say, God, I want to be in your will. Help me, Lord, to follow you. Hallelujah. We're going to see some glorious things in the next couple of chapters. Uh, if you struggle with the frustration that God had towards man and their waywardness, you're going to see the grace and mercy of God in the days to come as we continue through the book of Exodus. And we'll see you there.